Hi, good evening. My name is Jay, and I'm the host of the show. If you happen to miss last week's episode where we had special co-host Trey Law Hawking join us for the episode on the demasculinization of men, listen in. Brothers out there, if a woman is going into that masculine energy and she is overpowering you in certain ways that make you feel weak or disempowered, I'm going to say it. Brothers, that's on you, man. It is natural for the masculine energy to be more assertive in their presence, in their demeanor. Now, this is not by saying that you show anger, but that assertiveness, that decisiveness will allow your woman, your feminine energy within, but also that beloved, to receive naturally as the feminine energy. So she will only go into her masculine energy when she doesn't feel safe, feel secure, doesn't feel stable. Beautiful. So it's on you, brothers. Again, my name is Jay Rothman. Welcome to Real Men, Real Talk Live. Listeners, welcome back to Real Men Real Talk live this evening. Uh, Josh Richard is still off uh, wrapping up his his uh, season on Shark Tank, but we have a special guest coming in tonight. Coming in, Charles Maddox, <laughs> one of the original Fab Five from the first season of Real Men Real Talk Live. It is such an honor to have you back in the studio with us, Charles Maddox. Welcome home. It, it, it's a blessing to be back. I miss you guys. And and I'm always keeping up with you guys and watching your Instagram posts and some of the shows and things like that. So um, I haven't gone too far, man. You guys, you guys uh, always have my heart. And I love I love that you guys have continued and and, you know, continue to put out some amazing shows and just you know, continue the brotherhood. And um, it, it's very powerful, the messages that you guys are actually putting out there because, you know, with so much so much madness in the world, to hear some fresh air is is um, to know that there are actually a whole lot more people who um, want to hear this fresh air than the madness that's going on out here in this crazy world. So thank you guys and, and, and keep going, keep going. Well, we'll keep going until the end of time. But at the same time, I want to introduce our other co-host. We have the man of the land from down under. He calls Australia home. He know he knows who he is. He's an Aboriginal. Evis Love, welcome back to the studio this evening for episode one fifty nine. As always, brothers and sisters here in the land down under. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. An extended welcoming for our brother, Mister Maddox, back in the house. <laughs> And of course, we have Jeff Asana, who's been uh, the last couple of weeks, he's been out uh, doing what he does best, uh, showing up in his life uh, with a camera and a lens, creating and seeing life from a, through uh, the colored lens. 
Welcome back, Jeff Pisano. You're a little bit under the weather from all your travels. Hopefully, you'll, you'll be able to stay with us tonight. But welcome back to the studio. We've missed you, brother. Yeah, man, I missed you guys. It's, uh, I think that was the longest it's been since uh, I've been on the show, two weeks. Yeah, it, it, it definitely was. Uh, not that we're keeping score or keeping track to that extent. But yeah, it, it's been, uh, this was definitely the longest it's been. But in any event, uh, tonight's, uh, before we get into tonight's episode, uh, which is all going to be about fathers and sons and sons of fathers uh, coming off yeah. of just a couple of Sundays ago, Father's Day in the U.S. of A. But, Charles, since uh, it's been some time, it's been a couple of years since you've been with us live. I want to invite you just to yeah. take a few moments here. Tell uh, tell us and our viewers what you've been up to for the last couple of years. What have you been what have you been doing? What have you been creating? Because you are a creator. Yeah, we've been busy. I think um, we just finished a new season uh, season of Reverse. We shot that in Costa Rica. Um, we just started airing it probably like a month ago. Um, we started airing it on Dr. Ken Berry's YouTube page because he has like 2.6 million followers and gets scores yeah. of, of millions of views every month. And that one is based on uh, we use carnivore as a way to to uh, uh, improve people's health. So staying away from the carbs, the starch, the sugars, and and things like that. And we got an all star cast: Dr. Anthony Chafee, who's actually from the land down under, uh, Evis, who um, was just on sixty Minutes Australia, um, uh, Maria Emmerich, Kelly Hogan, uh, Dr. Ovidia, cardio award winning cardiologist. You name it. I mean, some of the biggest and the best in the business of health. And um, it's going to Glued and then some other platforms um, as we speak. And then before that, we did another season of uh, using Ketogenic um, to, to do the same thing. Shot that in, um, in Costa Rica. That was done probably about a year ago. Um, then we got another series coming up on longevity. Um, that's going to be very powerful because, you know, uh, that's the, the new thing right now, longevity. Building a house in Costa Rica, working on uh, the small house now. Hopefully that'll be done in the next probably, maybe say four or five weeks. And um, beautiful piece of land. And just, just, just going through some you know, some, some, uh, some life changing moments, you know, and, uh, but I'm at a really great uh, place right now. I think, you know, and I met, I was mentioning to you guys last time what we were doing the show. Um, uh, I, I'm at a place of peace in many ways and, and whether it's, you know, family, children, financially, uh, business wise, uh, career wise, just at a really good place right now. Um, and I think when I was doing the show, I was probably in a, a, a more a, 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 a more turmoil was going on in my not not crazy, but just, you know, growth, you know, and um, I'm, I'm glad to, to be back. And and uh, and I'm glad you guys stuck with me through all my my little ups and downs over there. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> uh, welcome back, Charles. It's good to hear that you uh, that you're continuing to expand and and uh, grow your muscle, uh, pushing through whatever discomforts uh, that we embrace in life. But I want to share with our viewers and listeners, uh, well, first and foremost, welcome back, viewers. If you should uh, be inspired to share out with, with your friends and family, we invite you to share out the tonight show. And I do want to um, uh, just also express that, uh, Charles, as you acknowledge, you've been keeping an eye on us. Well, we've been keeping an eye on you, too. As a matter of fact, why, why you're here tonight is because you and I connected on Father's Day, I believe it was, yeah. or maybe a day after or during that moment of time yeah, where, where I've been keeping an eye on you too. 
and yeah. we do, you know, we've been communicating. We, we, we uh, keep in touch. And on that particular day, you and I connected and we talked about uh, some of the um, epiphanies and some of the clarity that we have received. And we are embracing with acceptance as far as um, our own relationship with uh, our, our, our own children, as well as being a son of a father, if there was a father in our life or a father that was absent. And in yeah. that moment, uh, when we connected, I just felt so connected to you. And I just felt mm. like, you know what? It's time. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Here, here we are. Woo. Yeah. I want to invite you, Charles. Yeah. Uh, episode 159, Fathers and Sons and Sons of Fathers. Um, we got together in a production meeting just a couple of days ago, the four of us. And we decided to land on this topic and really dive into uh you know, what, what was our, our inspiration for even tapping into this topic tonight? Who wants to kick us off, get us hot and light us up? Ever, Charles, one of you want to jump in and say, what was the inspiration for tonight's uh, show topic? Oh, it'd be rude not to uh, you know, allow our guests to jump in the hot seat. Well, all right. Yeah, I, I, I think when we talk, Jay, you know, um, and I know you had gone through, you know, some things as being a father, and I wish I'd have probably talked to you about it back then too, as well. And um, you know, um, I'm in a good place right now. I, th I, you know, you know, I have, you know, four kids, and I'm sure you remember seeing all my little my little kids around me. And and you know what? I, before I even preface that, I, I would preface. I would like to say that you know, I, for somebody who is kind of in the the, the in the in the limelight per se, right? I make television shows, I'm on TV, I'm on all these talk shows. I'm kind of really private. And I was mentioning the other day that I wanted to do a live on something that was it was on food addiction, right? And I I kind of was I didn't do it. And I kind of beat myself about it. Cause I'm like, bro, you gotta, you gotta really people wanna see you share and be vulnerable. People wanna see you open up. Um, you just can't be behind the scenes all the time. You know I mean? That's, it's just, I just can't. And, um, so when we were talking about this, I was like, you know what, I want to be able to share, um, my truth and, you know, whether it's, you know, me being a father or, or, or the, being a son and some of the things I've, I've gone through and some of the things I'm still going through. Um, but giving praise to, to, to all the amazing fathers and, and the people who are, being sons and being the best son that you can be or being the best uncle that you can be or 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 grandfather you can be because it is it, it, it's not an easy road and i think when we were talking it was kind of like you know i was at a a a, a, a space where I, I realized that number one i've got to make myself happy and i've got to be happy and um, realizing that our jobs as fathers is to, and you mentioned it too, uh, Jay, is to guide. And um, it's it's not at times to lose ourselves um, because, you know, our children are, are like arrows and we shoot them off. And it's, it's, it's up to them to go in that direction that we shoot. It's not for us to, to uh, they're not our possessions per se. Um, they're their own individuals. And I think at times maybe I, I've been too um, overprotective, uh, too, I like to spoil them too much. Um, 
and and maybe not even preparing them the way they should for the real life uh, and the real world. But then also realizing because of court cases and things like that, that I was led with a lot of disappointment, a lot of hurt. I haven't seen my my 14-year-old who, I mean, you remember how close we were. Um, haven't seen her in three years. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 words don't even describe, you know, how that feels. I mean, waking up with nightmares and just like, you know, not understanding. I haven't even talked to her, to be honest. I think we had a half of a conversation um, in like three years, you know, maybe for like five minutes. So just a lot of a lot of growth, a lot of a lot of learning. But but at the same time, a lot of peace, realizing that, um, you know, I've got to I've got to make myself happy and keep myself happy and be at peace and understand that at times it's up to a higher power and we just kind of have to, to to fall back and let that let that let that happen you know i want to ask you uh what do you make of that what do you make of what uh charles just shared mm, it's beautiful my brother and thanks for sharing too man it's um one thing definitely as men you know we've shared it in the last couple of shows um, that the brother can openly express where he's currently at within his life, um, be able to do it with a supportive group of men that are not here to judge. They're just here to hold the space for the brother. And um, it's one of those things that's really been lost within the brotherhood these days for many men. You know, um, we go back to old cultural days, man. We had those group of brothers around us from when we were babies. We were known as a brother. We were known as a son. We were known as an uncle. We were known as a father. And you knew your roles and responsibilities within that tribe and clan. We were taken through steps, men's business. We, we, we were taken through rites of passage and initiation. Fast forwarded into the modern age, and I've shared in recent shows just recently as well, we have none of this anymore or our ways of thinking about rites of passage have been diluted. I think in my own personal journey, you know, I was very fortunate that I was uh, held in brother's arms in many elders, uh, you know, masculine energy arms through those earlier days. But then there was a period probably around from that years seven till around 13 years old that I had no connection with my father. It was very minimal. I had, didn't really have the availability that I needed. I didn't even have it from my mum at the time that I needed. So that particular wounding really fell into risky behaviours. It really fell into making some certain choices that affected me in my adulthood. You know, I um, wasn't really having any values within my life. I was hanging out in the wrong environments, making poor decisions. And until I was started, you know, to be seen and become aware of some of those, you know, risky behaviors and choices that I made, I started to really see the big picture of why all this went down. And it's really what we should be talking about today, how we can really nurture some of these young brothers that are coming through that haven't had the availability of the masculine energy we call our father to help guide us in the world. You know, it's such an important energy to have flowing within a young man's life, a young brother's life, to have that guidance as a benchmark. Now, let me say, my dad was not perfect. 
And I love that about dad because that role of the masculine energy as the father is to teach you all emotions, brothers and sisters. It's to teach you to become a whole man. So when I could see all of the vibrations of that emotional spectrum, then we can take it into the world and start to navigate within our own being as the masculine energy. And when we start to nurture this from self and start to really complement it with the feminine energies within our lives, we may actually have better relationships, not only with that beloved or those partners within our life, but also our siblings. So, yeah, man, it's an important show and looking forward to hear what Jeff's got to say. You threw it right to me. Oh, well, it, um, man, you know, the, what, from our, the, our fathers are, are in our lives and we as men are here to show others their place in the world. The masculine energy is about showing our place in the world, how we claim our place in the world, the steps we take to um, claim our place in the world. That's, that's what our fathers are here to do. Um, and most of our fathers probably, um, based upon where they were in their process, might not have done a great job. Something that we would have to learn along the way to find our place in the world. The masculine energy is an assertive energy. The toxic masculine energy is an aggressive energy. There's a difference. The toxic masculine energy is an aggressive energy based upon shame and judgment and wounding. But the healthy masculine energy is an assertive energy. And that, that's what dad is here to show us, being assertive in the world to find our place in the world and move on that pathway. So the feminine energy is a receptive energy. The masculine energy is, a uh, is an assertive energy. And then it goes back and forth because that's when we're homogenizing or bringing both energies into balance within us, where there's a balance of the assertive energy and a balance of the receptive energy, thus the balance of giving and receiving, thus opening our heart space to be assertive in life with intimacy. Did dad teach you that? Did dad teach you that? And that's one of the things that I've had to learn along the way is to learn how to be assertive with my heart open, not shut down behind a mask. And as Charles said, using the term, oh, I consider myself a private person. I've said that for many, many years. And that's a lot of hogwash. We can be private, but we can also share who we are to the world with an open heart that will help others. There you go. I love that, Jeff. You know, I want to piggyback and, and share um, from my perspective what I didn't know. Um, raising three sons, I did the best I could to be a very, very active, engaged father for my sons when they were growing up. And... Um, you know, I did the best I could with what I knew, as well as with more importantly, what I didn't know. And what I didn't know 
um, was that I showed up the way many other fathers showed up. We show up as teachers. We think that that's what our children need. That's not what our children need in society. What our children need in society are mentors. By the time they're a young teenager, they can net out pretty quick. Their brain is developed enough to know that my dad's full of crap. My dad's not living what he's preaching or what he's speaking. He's just telling us how we should be showing up. But by the time the children are developing into their puberty, their young teenage years, they can start to assess that my mom or dad, they're not quite living what they're asking us to do. And so what happens is, is by the time our children become teenagers, we, we actually start to lose respect for our parent or parents. And so if there's anything that I could, if, I, if there's anything that I could share, what I learned the hard way was that what my children didn't need was another teacher. They had that when they went to public school. What they needed was a true essence of a mentor, somebody, a parent that was speaking the words, but then living the words, backing it up with behavior, backing it up with how they showed up, how we showed up in our relationships with our partners, how we showed up in our relationship with friends, even with our parents, their grandparents, and how we showed up with them. And, you know, I'm speaking guilty, guilty as charged. I was a teacher. But as far as me being a healthy mentor, I wasn't. You know why? Because I wasn't healthy. Mm. I was sleepwalking through my life as an adult parent, as an adult partner, as an adult son, as an adult sibling, as an adult friend. I hadn't faced my own shadows or wounds from my own childhood. Mm -hmm. And I was just playing what we call, you know, adult. You know, it's like playing a game. Except there's other lives at stake here. We're talking about lives of the children, the next generation coming up in society. And even if we don't have children of our own, every child out there is our child. Every child out there, we have an opportunity that when we connect, when we, when we see them, just, just the energy that we put out, how we speak to them, how we acknowledge them, is a gift that we can give to the next generation. But in order for us to get there, we have to have the courage. The courage I'm talking about is to face our own shadows. Do the work. Have the courage to show up for yourself. Have the courage to show up and grow up. And do the hard work. If we call it, want to call it hard, call it hard. But we can also call it the greatest gift you get to give to yourself and the generations, including seven in front of you. And I'm only speaking as a student of that experience. Unfortunately, the relationship that I have with my own children today, it's, it's not where I'd like it to be. Mm -hmm. And I get to take, take accountability for my part in it, for my role in that. And I continue to do the work, to do my own healing. And then just trust, as Charles said, you know, trust the universe, trust uh, divine source, God, that they've got their own journey to take. Right, Charles? I'd like to jump in there too. You know, the other day I was with a good friend of mine who is like a dad to me. And um, he, he's got three, four beautiful daughters. And he's a, he's a great guy. Is he the most perfect guy? He's actually a reverend preacher, whatever you want to call him. And, and no, but when I say that he does love his, his children 
And <clears throat> I think at times, because I was talking to his daughter and I said, you know what? You know, and she could say, yeah, nobody's praying. I said, you know, you know what? No, no, no. Your dad is as close as you're going to get to 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 that perfect thing. And what I mean by that is at times we 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 second guess ourselves. I could look back and and wonder why I haven't talked to my little girl. But and I and I have. But there was there's nothing or there was nothing I can do. I mean, there, I I try to go back and say was there a day here? Was there a day there? And I keep there wasn't. There wasn't. What whatever journey she's going on right now, because she is dealing with mental health issues, she was dealing with, you know, hard to say it, um, not knowing if she wanted to be a boy or girl. Um, fortunate she fortunately she's back to from what I hear, you know, uh, uh, being a girl. Um, suicidal ideations. Um, there wasn't anything I can, I can point the finger at. And, and when I look at you, Jay, I, 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 I have to say the same because the fact that you have acknowledged this, the fact that you've come this far tells me that you, you were a good guy back then. You may, you may not be, you know, have been, you know, what you are now, but, but. I can't believe Jay wasn't a solid person back then. Even though we have all our things, we're going through some things. Thank you, Charles. At times, Jay, there's nothing we can do. We we it doesn't make a difference. Sometimes I see these rappers, and I'm just using that for an example. And you know, they're cursing in front of their kids. They're smoking weed in front of. They're smoking weed with their kids. They're they're setting up their their kids with 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 with, with strippers. And they're loved. And here we broke our back to be the best fathers that we could be, to, to try to talk, to be fun, to be loving, to be understanding. And for me, being better than what I grew up with, because I had a father who was a playboy. What I got from him was, remember back in the days, You'd see dad and he'd come home and you'd come home and he's doing something. Mom is doing something. You'd play and 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 maybe sit down at the table together. And that was the extent of it. Maybe he took you to football practice. Not like how I'm involved in my kid's life now. But we love them so much. And they gave at times very little. So I would have to say that, you know, what society has changed um, uh, a lot of these children today and, and and what they're growing up and what they're seeing and we can't beat ourselves up. I know even uh, Sherry who's in here, you know, um, has a, a a daughter who, you know, she's going through things with, but as sweet as Sherry is, I've got another friend who is the most loving person you could imagine, holds me down and has a daughter, two daughters who can't stand them. And you're like, what? I don't get it. I don't get it. So, you know, one of the things that I wanted to make sure I was is better than what the example what that my father left and that my mother left, because even till to this day, her emotional abuse is 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 like if, if my kids got one percent of the emotional abuse that she does with me on a daily basis. Man. They would really have a cause to to hate me, per se, 
But yet I keep going over there and taking that abuse because it's the right thing to do. Uh, to, 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 to make sure because in her old age and her sickness that I could say, you know what? I, I stuck through it. It was about, at the end of the day, it's about if she passes away, what I have to look in the mirror and say, man, I did what I could, even how bad she ran me, right? So, uh, when, Jay, I wanted to ask you, when did you realize that you had to really make yourself happy at times through this, your, your, your growth? When did you realize that? I think, I think the first step was that I had to be willing to really go inward and really look at um, how I was showing up for myself first and for others. And for me, it was a little easy because my, my, I got sick. I had I ended up with medical conditions that really kind of brought me to that, that, that pinnacle moment of, do I want to live or do I want to die? And, and Charles, to answer your question even a little deeper, in that moment, I had some clarity and the clarity was when I really kind of panned my life and looked back at all the years as a father, as a husband, as a friend, as a son, all the relationships I had, I, I realized that I, I hated the man I had become. I didn't like anything about me. I didn't like how I showed up for anybody. But the most important person I realized I didn't like who I was showing up for was myself. And then I realized that if I wanted to live and free myself from my inner pain, I had to be willing to go on this journey of self-discovery to find out the true essence of who I am, not who I had become, living by societies, you know, within the box of society, and, and, and really embracing that through a process that I like to call surrender. And for me, surrender was being willing to take accountability and really look at my life and look at the choices I had made and how I wasn't taking care of myself. I got caught up in many addictions that did not include alcohol and drugs and my lifestyle that was uh, impacting me. But ultimately, even all those addictions that I had, that was just ego's, my ego's best way to do its job to protect me, coping mechanisms. And if you want to be free in life, free meaning inner peace, as we're talking about a little bit here, it's no longer about coping. It's about facing it's about honoring and surrendering to all the things that we've been doing and how we've been saying it and showing up that's no longer serving us. And to surrender all that and then ask divine source of God for guidance, like, show me, I'm here. Show me what I got to do uh, to awaken, to awaken. And through that process, I, like, like many others, including Ev, has found nature as one of the beautiful, um, beautiful ways to embrace the healing journey. And, and that's what I did almost eight years ago, and I still continue to, to live in surrender. Uh, because through surrender, what I have found is my way home. My way home to myself, regardless of what other people think. And if, my, and if, and if it means that for now I have family members that, I, that are not in my life, I get to trust that, you know, I did the same thing with my own parents. I had two periods in my life where... I was detached for four years at a clip because I was angry at them. I was blaming them. But what ended up happening, Charles, was through my own healing journey, I realized that even though you may physically be detached, emotionally, I was still connected to their pain. And if you want to experience the true essence of freedom from our ancestors' pain, we have to have the courage to do the inner work. 
to come home to our own heart or soul and to heal those childhood wounds that impacted us. And we want to blame, we could blame, we could look at it happens at home, it happens on the playground, it happens at school, it may happen at church, it may happen at a friend's house. There's so many different places where we experience uh, wounds and traumas that impact us, and we don't realize that we carry it into our adulthood. So there's the short and long answer. (laughs) Evis, you look like you're you're, you're chomping at the bit, baby. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, it's beautiful, man, because and, and the thing is, the, it's the big R word. We, we, firstly, we've got to take responsibility. We've got to take responsibility for, you know, what we've actually created from those past wounds to who we are, you know, becoming in that process and where we are in the present moment. You know, one thing for a lot of men, it is, uh, you know, really being able to come out of that shame from those past things. I spoke about this uh, on a previous show also because it is one of the biggest emotions for men to be able to overcome within their journey. And being in many men's groups uh, in the past, you know, there's not many men that have been through a little bit of shame. And um, when they put their hands up about their shame and they're actually open to speak about it and express it, you can actually even start to see them in real time on how they move. You know, moving with more self-esteem, moving with more confidence. You know, Jay mentioned a really important thing. When we take that responsibility, my brothers, we need to then go inward. Now, it's very different for a lot of men and the masculine energy because it is natural for the masculine energy to be outward. The inward is the feminine energy. So as I always talk about, when we go down that rainbow serpent dreaming and start from that very root, going into that sacred waters, it's in those emotions we need to cleanse, clear, and reconnect to how we view those other people outside of us. Not how they're making us feel, but how we feel around them. Not leaning on anyone, anything, to fulfill our own emotions. Mm. And they talk about this in all ancient scriptures. I don't care what you follow or any belief system. When we go from those sacred waters and we're rising into that sun, listen to me on this. To get to the Father, higher consciousness, we go through where? They're always pointing down here. They're pointing to the heart. But what feeds the heart is your son. Now, you can look at that as S-O-N or S-U-N. That's up to you. But in that S-U-N, son, that is your willpower. Hmm. That is your action as the masculine energy to rise up out of those shame, to rise up out of the blame. And that is the journey back home going through the heart space. Nailed it, man. Nailed it. Deep. What do you make of that, Mr. Fasano? <laughs> Deep. Deep, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Drop. Drop. One of the interesting things you said is, is uh, men have probably an inordinate amount of shame that we cover up with our mask. Mm. And I'm going through that right now, uncovering shame that I have about shame. Mm. 
if that makes any sense. As all behaviors, all patterns, all habits have been coming up for me probably in the last five, six, seven months that I've been repeating over and over and over again and maneuvering and moving through it, learning more and more about myself. One of the things I discovered this week was the shame I have surrounding my process of moving through my stuff. Hmm. The masculine energy in me, this perfect energy in me is going, I'm 65 years old. I should be through this by now. Hmm. Who could I hear saying that to me? Dad. Actually, actually, not really. Actually, it's probably more mom than my father. My father was much more um, accepting as as a person. Um, He was much more forgiving as a person. My mother would have said something like that. And I just realized this week as I'm moving through certain things in my life, I've been feeling stuck in a place of repeating this behavior over and over and over again. And then when it comes up, the feeling is so intense. What's been popping up is, I just said it for me. I'm 65 years old. Don't you think I should have gotten it by now? Don't you think I should get it by now? Don't you think I should have moved through this already? And I was working on that this week going, where did that voice come from? Because it's a masculine trait. I should have fixed this by now. Another masculine trait. I should have taken care of all of this right now. And I'm talking about my wounding. And there was shame around that and still is around that for me. And when that came up this week, it was a revelation. I did not even realize I was doing that. Shaming the fact that I'm still in this part of my process in life. Negotiating step by step, negotiating my wounding into the newness of me. Mm-hmm. But I was saying, mm-hmm. no, you should be done with this. I was shaming and judging my process through something, through my core wounding. And I, 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 I've been doing that and I realized this week. And that is why when the feelings were coming up so strong and they would stick, they would literally stick in a place of my solar plexus because they move, our feelings move from our first chakra upwards or they'll move from certain parts of our body where we have, we have uh, suppressed and repressed that, that wounding and those feelings, which ultimately, if we don't move, that will cause disease. But the feeling was so intense and then it would stick and it wouldn't move. And this intense amount of fear came over me until this week in a session I had with my therapist. Mm -hmm. 
it was it really came about that I was still shaming my process and where I am in my process in life. Yeah. My father was very accepting of that in life. My mother, on the other hand, would have been, come on, come on, get through it. Come on, stop this. Come on, yeah, you know. Yeah, get over yourself. Get over I, yourself. I want to I take and a I moment was, here. And I've been doing that. I want to take a moment, Jeff, just, just to acknowledge something is that um, although you're beating yourself up, and you, but you have this revelation, I just want to acknowledge that um, what I do honor and love about you is that at no time do you give up. You continue to push through. You have these moments where, you know, whatever you're emotionally feeling in that in that moment or that day or that week, but you keep showing up and you keep pushing through and you keep seeking peace within. And I want to invite you to close your eyes for just a moment here and just allow yourself to receive what I'm saying to you in your heart. And, and hear this is that it's okay to honor yourself. It's okay to be patient with yourself. Honor yourself that you still keep showing up for that little boy within little Jeffrey. And you haven't given up and you haven't turned your back on him or yourself, even when he shows up and he's angry and he's pissed off and he's frustrated, but you somehow, some way show up for him. And that, my friend, we can't ask for more than that. Mm. That is the, that is this journey. This is part of the journey. And the fact that at age 65, it, it could be 66, or whatever that age is, is how many men and women have the courage to stay committed to the process. So I just, just wanting you to just be able to receive this because this is the true essence of what this journey is about. This is the true essence of being a real man mm -hmm. is not denying it, not minimizing, not numbing out and checking out from the process, throwing up a hands and saying, F it. No, you continue to show up for yourself instead of beating yourself up on yourself through this process. Charles Maddox, what do you make of all this talk? Right yeah, now? no, and I can relate to, I'm dealing with some of what Jeff is, uh, one of the things he's uh, talking about now, but I, I think I, I now I kind of like pick my battles in the sense of, of, of not stressing myself out on, on everything, right? Because we could wake up and feel like we're not where we need to be uh, financially, spiritually, emotionally, uh, as a father, uh, the, the list goes on. Um, at some point, we have to just make peace with ourselves and say, you know what, that, that we're okay. You know, let's focus on on um, what really matters. So that's why at this moment, I don't let I don't let too much stress me out at all, um, whether it's 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 it literally just glides off of me at this point. And I, I've come to that space where I just had to 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 make resolve and say, so the things that I am and need to work on, I just say, just work on that. It, it's OK. You know, I mean, just just today we started. I just wrote something on the mirror in my bathroom, and I say, I said, okay, we're starting today. This is where it's going to start. I'm gonna I'm gonna chronically, chronically, and this is where it starts. Um, what I wanted to ask you, Jay, is um, you 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 mentioned that where you where you were back then and and now, and 
trying to understand since, okay, so if the kids have seen the new you in many ways, when, when, why isn't that closeness or that bond still growing or, or being replaced? Because, um, once again, when I think of, 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 uh, what you invested, we were never going to be perfect, but they should see the new you now and, 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 and gravitate to that. I'm, I'm, why is that? I'm just, I'm just curious as we're talking as brothers, you know, help me understand. What do you think that is? Because they haven't, they haven't met the new dad yet. They're living in, I believe my impression, my, just my uh, intuition is that they still see me as the old father um, because it's, it's choices we all make. So they, they really haven't opened their own heart to see me differently. And it's not like we see each other every week. We live in a different state. So, um, and, and so there's where I get to trust, you know, the process that, you know, just like it, it took me years to, to do the healing work so that I could finally come to peace with my mom and dad. And it wasn't because they changed. It's because I did the work. So I'm trusting that my children are going to have to go on their own journey and do their work to, to find their way home as well. Mm. Some, of, some of the most powerful healing that I was able to take myself through, particularly around both of the feminine and the masculine energy wounds, and this is a really big one, brothers and sisters. I want you to put this into your notes. Don't necessarily have to look at them as a father. Don't necessarily have to look at them as the mother. Look at them as a soul. Look at them as another young child. Look at them for who they were as a young boy, as a young girl. You see, we cannot control how anyone else thinks about us or how they feel about us. All we can really control in our moment is how we respond to how they may be reacting from the past. But when I was able to see the trauma that both my mum and dad had gone through, being in big families, not may have had the uh, availability, emotional availability that they wanted from my grandparents, I could see what it had played out with the re uh, re repetition of the patterns passed down in the generations. So my awareness to see them just as another human being was my gateway to my own personal healing. We are all here learning lessons as a soul, brothers and sisters. When you start to come to terms, become more grounded into that knowing, then you will start to actually relate more and see from the lens of your heart why it's going out the way it is. You got it. And then you could then people then people could stop blaming mom and dad, even though mom and dad um, by and large are the source of the wounding, the source of the programming, the source of the conditioning. As Jay said earlier, if we're willing to take responsibility for our our lives and start doing the inner work, looking at ourselves and then move through those process. 
eventually we can get to that place of, as Eva just said, well, mom and dad had, were in their process. Mom and dad knew what they knew, or as Jay would say, they didn't know what they didn't know. They did the best they could. And then eventually you might get to the place of going, wow, look at all the wonderful things that mom and dad did teach me. There you go. There you go. Yeah. And, and, and just to piggyback, and I want to switch gears. I'm going to take us in another direction in a moment here. <laughs> but, um, you know, most recently I, I reached out to uh, one of my sons and I just said, you know, when you're ready, I'm here. When you're ready to ask me any questions you want to ask me about me and the choices I made uh, when I was raising you, there, there's no questions that I won't answer. I'll do my best to, to respond from my own truth. But the purpose of that is not to, not to throw other people under the bus. Any questions they ask me, it's not about me pointing a finger, let's say, at, at, at my wife that uh, raised our children together with me. I could easily go there. It's very easy, especially as men, for us to, to blame our partners for the choices we made or how we showed up. But that would not be taking accountability. The true essence of being, in my humble opinion, um, a healthy father, a healthy son, a healthy being is to take total accountability for all your choices, even the ones that were painful, that, that caused harm and hurt. And, you know, at the end of the day, what I will say to my sons, whether they are ready to hear it or when they're ready to hear it, I should say, is just what Jeff said. I didn't know what I didn't know. And I didn't know that when I, when I signed up and showed up as a, as a husband, as a father, I didn't know that I was carrying not only my wounds for my childhood, but I was carrying my ancestors' wounds. And I did the best with what I didn't know, and I did the best with what I did know. And the blame game is over. It's outdated and it's overrated. It doesn't work. As long as we're blaming other people for how we showed up, we will never be free. Mm -hmm. And you know, it, it really comes down to, again, becoming not a teacher, but a mentor. And how we become a mentor for all of our children in the world is by taking accountability for the choices we made that hurt us and, and hurt others that we care deeply about. And so in that moment, there is freedom. And it's real simple, as I just shared. Um, I didn't know what I didn't know. And I did the best I could with what I knew. And I did the best I could with, with what I didn't know. So the greatest gift we could give our children is to encourage them to do their own inner work, to find their way home to their own soul so that they can heal, so that they can become free and experience the true essence of inner peace. And uh, what I'd like to do is uh, take us uh, on a little uh, magic carpet ride right now and, and bring us into our, our closing segment here. And uh, where we want to take us is, is if your father was not available in your, in your own childhood, did you step in as the masculine role for your mom? And if so, what impact has it had on your relationship with your mom, even to this present moment, as well as relationships outside of the one with your mom, as far as let's say intimacy goes, how, what was, what was the impact on you uh, stepping in as that, uh, let's say child adult, when you had a father that wasn't present in your life because physically they wasn't present, or even if they were not emotionally present 
Ev, you want to jump into this, and then we'll uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, brother. Um, it's it's definitely a, a massive one on the other side, on the flip side of the feminine energy. Um, I feel when you know my mum didn't have my father around at those particular times within my life in the childhood. I, as the masculine energy, felt inclined that I had to put my hand up to make the decisions and solutions. Just a seven-year-old dude, man. Imagine a kid at that age trying to take responsibility to make decisions as a man. And when I didn't hoe, I didn't have those decisions. I abandoned myself. I looked down on myself. I didn't trust myself. So I took that into my adulthood not trusting the women that I was in within the relationships, not trusting even the, the, the energy that they were going to be around. So I would create possibly a scenario for the ego to make the breakup. So the wounding goes on both sides of those energies. And for me to be able to rebuild that, how I have in my, within my life, I had to build my own self-esteem I had to build my own sense of worth and I had to build my own sense of value. And it was only then that I started to really have the confidence to be able to go on dates, to be able to actually converse with the feminine energy. Because it is quite emotional when I didn't have that around as a child didn't have that emotional availability. I didn't have that emotional intelligence to be able to create those decisions as a child. So if there's something that I could give to my brothers and sisters out there that are currently mothers, fathers, it's in those years of one to seven years old. That's the nugget. One to seven, even around that 10-year-old mark, give them nothing but love and confidence. Tell them how good they are. Tell them how worthy they are. Show them they have value within this world, not for what they do, just for who they are. Mm. I think we're done. Uh, yeah, I think we got here. <laughs> I, I don't know if we where can we go from here. Wow. If I had, wow. Parent, if, I had if I had. Ev, you spoke right, <laughs> right to my wounding, right to the core of my wounding, which mm. is uh, from from mom. It wasn't mm. about who I am; it's about what I look like to the world. Mm. Mom picking me up, showing me as a trophy. Look at look at him. Look at him. Look at him. It's not about who I am. It's about look at him. Look at what he's doing. It wasn't about who I am. I can't stress more than what Ev just said about even talking to, I'm not a parent and Ev's not a parent. Ev and I have cats. <laughs> uh, and I even talk to my cats about being who they are. The biggest thing that we could do to anyone, adults, who are moving through a process, kids, move, start to um, instill in them that who they are 
is beautiful, wonderful, and amazing. If I had that in my life, man, oh man, I'm still learning that. I'm still learning that core wound in okay. me. And believe me, mom and dad did not show show me that whatsoever. And I echo F. I want to take a moment here, Jeff, je just to bring something to your attention. Um, first and foremost, thank you for being brutally honest and, and showing some vulnerability in this moment. Secondly, you said you're not a parent. But I'm going to challenge you on that. Well, I know where you're going, Jack. Really? <laughs> well, but maybe, maybe you need to hear it. I'm going to invite you to close your eyes one more time and just allow yourself to receive this in the heart space right now. Mm -hmm. Jeff Fasano, you are a parent. You have a child within you that's been mm -hmm. waiting for you to come home to become mm -hmm. his mystical parent, his father. Little Jeffrey has been waiting all this time for you to come home, to love him, to hold him, to comfort him, to let him know that he is more than enough, that he's just an absolutely beautiful son. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with him. Mm. So anytime that you feel lonely or scared, most likely that's little Jeffrey showing up because you're not paying attention to him. You know, we hear uh, bad attention is better than no attention. So when he is screaming and yelling and having a temper tantrum and misbehaving, that's because you're not paying attention to him. So I want to invite you from this day forward to consider creating a new birthday, June 29th, 2023. You have now birthed the son, the son within you has been waiting for you to come home, to love him and parent him, to nurture him, to nourish him, to comfort him, to hold him, to create safety and let him know that he mm -hmm. is more than enough. He is worthy of love. He does mm -hmm. matter. And you love him. Mm -hmm. Yes, brothers. Yes, brothers. You able to receive that? Mm hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. That's that's freedom. That's freedom right there. That's freedom. Mm -hmm. That's freedom. Mm -hmm. That that to accept that is freedom. Mm -hmm. Charles, I want to invite you as Jeff takes a moment to really let that drop in at his heart and soul space as he continues to connect with little Jeffrey in this moment. Um, I want to invite you to kind of piggyback off of what Evis was talking about. Uh, if father was not available in your life. Did, you know, do we, how do we take that masculine role for mom and how, how do you think perhaps that may have impacted you in your own journey and how has it impacted you in your adult relationships and how are you navigating through that with this awareness today? Cause we did touch on it in our production meeting. So I want to invite you to, uh, to close us out with uh, perhaps your, your, your experience in this regard. Well, you know, like I said, um, I'm, I'm at a really great space and I've always been a person that thinks really positive and um, focuses only on the positive. Um, I've had to learn a lot myself, to be honest with you. I, I can't say I learned. I hate to say it. I, I can't say I learned much from my dad or much from my mom. Um the things that I did learn, uh, which is, 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 um, being very private and, and, and things of that nature, um, hasn't, hasn't done me well, hasn't served me well. So 
I had to kind of learn from not only from from life, from the streets per se, just growing up and 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 teaching myself, but also from looking at other people and um, other people's examples of what you know, their family were, was going through, or or how they were living, or the joys that they had, or you know, I would look at other people who were happy in their families and say, "That's what I want," and and not look back at 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 what I didn't have. And that's pretty much where I'm at now. You know, it's uh, like I said, I, I take even now a lot and um, uh, but I do it with with a smile. I don't let it stress me. Um, I'm moving in a in a very peaceful manner. I've, I've allowed to, myself to forgive myself. I've allowed myself to to understand there's always growth that, um, y- you know, there's always room for improvement. And um, it's 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 a good space right now, and I want to keep that space and focus on those positive thoughts as we move forward in 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 this in this journey called life. That's pretty much it. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty much it, brother. Ev. We're at the hour, so I want to invite. Uh, well, let's uh, let's take a moment here for each of us to put our closing thoughts on uh, on tonight's topic. Uh, and having uh, one of the original Fab Five join us tonight, Charles Maddox. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm. I'll say, I'm. Like I said, it's been a joy. I love what you guys are doing. I love when we were even, even though I was going through a, a different period. I, I loved. Uh, the growth of working with you guys and, and sharing these times and think you have something tr- truly amazing. Um, very proud of all of you. And um, I'm glad to talk about this. It's, it's a good time for me to, you know, be sh- to share and be open. So I'm excited to, to get that out there. Beautiful. I want to just take a moment here. Uh, I think we can close <coughs> it out uh, because I really want to leave us with what Charles uh, shared up until this moment. Uh, I just want to welcome you back, Charles. It's been such it's just been such a beautiful show. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it feels like it feels like nothing has changed, but everything has changed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah, been such a yeah. surreal, beautiful show. Yeah. Um, we have missed uh, Josh Richer. Hopefully, he'll be back next. Yeah. Week, the next episode, yeah. but uh, in a moment, Charles Maddox, welcome home. Jeff Fasano, welcome home. Evis loves you are always home. Yes. You're right where you belong. And with that, I want to thank our viewers and listeners for joining us tonight on another episode. And but and right, Jay, before you go, for everyone on the show tonight, I'm here in the land down under. We're in the future here, man. That's true. On on three, two, one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Birthday. Happy born day to you. Happy born day to you. Happy born day to Jay the Rothman. Happy birthday to you. Happy born day, brother. Another one around right, the well, sun. You know? Yeah, well, thank you. You know, it's uh, thank you for acknowledging me uh, in the future. Everest love coming in down, man, coming in from uh, down under. Yeah, he is one day ahead of us. Uh, so, uh, thank you. I get to celebrate this moment with you all, my brothers from a different mother, but I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to spend this moment 
any other way in any other place yeah. other than right here, yeah. right now on yeah. Real Men yeah. Real Talk Live. Yeah. I love yeah. you guys. We'll see you next time on Real Men Real Talk. Real Talk. Ah. Ah.